0: Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for Social Impact CX, the podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 8 of Social Impact CX, and again, thanks for listening. Today, I'm grateful for not only everyone listening to this podcast, but especially for the people who have taken the time to review Social Impact CX online. We are running five-star reviews on iTunes and have really nice comments on places like SoundCloud. Your reviews and comments are very much appreciated, really, really appreciated. If you're listening and like what you hear, please keep the reviews coming. And thanks once again to everyone who has already posted a review. As I record this podcast, I'm also continuing work on my forthcoming book called Mission is the Journey, Driving Social Impact with Customer Experience. And here in episode eight, I'll again be sharing a preview of some of the materials that will be in the book by focusing on the importance of measurement in CX work. Measurement in the field of CX is critical. And the importance of measurement applies even if you don't use the word customer and instead prefer to focus on beneficiaries, members, clients, patients, students, whomever it is that's most important to you and your work. Good customer experience programs involve metrics and measurement. There's much to explore on this subject of measurement, but I'll start with some core elements in this podcast and look forward to future discussions about measurement down the road. Also, I've just started a new vlogging series of tips for Social Impact CX. The video spots are typically a minute or two each and appear first on LinkedIn and Twitter, and then they also live on our Social Impact CX YouTube channel. The first series of Social Impact CX tips is about the book Outside In from authors Harley Manning and Carrie Bodine. You'll find that Social Impact CX tips 2 through 9 form kind of a virtual book club experience on Outside In. The author's focus on measurement is one of their core customer experience disciplines, and I touch on that then in Social Impact CX Tip 8. So if you've not seen that already, you might want to check it out. I'll likely talk more about Outside In in a future podcast also. In the Social Impact CX Tips, I was able to touch on some highlights, but it would be great to be able to go into some more depth in a few different areas of the book. And if you'd like to keep up with the Social Impact CX tips, starting with my insights on the book Outside In and then in future as well, as they continue to appear online, send me a connection request on LinkedIn. If you search John Corrigan and Journey Map, J-O-U-R-N-I-M-A-P, you will find me. Um, or follow Social Impact CX or myself on Twitter. Uh, that's uh, the Twitter handle at Social Impact CX or my personal handle at JF Corrigan. Or you can also subscribe to the Social Impact CX YouTube channel where you'll see all the tips and vlogs go live there as well. too. So now let's turn to a preview of the measurement chapter in the book Mission is the Journey, which should hopefully be out in the summer of 2018. If you have questions or would like to make a comment, please send me an email at comment at socialimpactcx.com and I'll work on getting back to you in a timely manner or letting you know that I'll be addressing the subject in an upcoming podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and then tweet a question to at socialimpactcx as well. And if you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to post a question in the comments after this podcast and I'll work on getting you an answer either in a future podcast or with a direct reply. And I'll give all that contact info again at the end of this session. So now, from the book, Mission is the Journey, the chapter part of the chapter titled, Measuring What Counts, a preview of the current manuscript and draft form. Customer experience is all about delivering value. You can never fully understand if you've delivered value to your customer unless you're able to measure it. And value equally applies to beneficiaries and clients and stakeholders and members uh, even if you don't use the word customer you're creating value for whomever it is that you're working to serve. Informal informal observational data points are great, but when it comes to moving an organization forward, achieving your mission, pleasing board members, and reporting to stakeholders, you have to be able to measure. This is one of the most important benefits for companies that engage in customer experience work. The ability to report progress comes from measuring. CX work depends upon measuring, but there are a lot of different things to measure. How a Fortune 500 company or a Global 50 company measures is going to likely be very different from how a nonprofit or a smaller mission-driven company measures. There's a lot of flexibility in how and what to measure, and it's worthwhile to spend a little time figuring out what's most important for you to measure and your organization to measure and then also what not to measure because you don't have to do it all. As a social impact or mission-driven business, it's worthwhile to analyze the measurements being made in your marketplace, in your market sector, by other organizations and then learning from the work that's already going on. Because if you look around, typically, there's already a lot being measured. A Google search will likely show all sorts of different work going on, measuring customer interaction and loyalty and satisfaction. Those are very common themes. The majority of this work focuses around understanding the view from the customer, directly from the customer, and as we discussed in the research chapter, uh, the preview of that, you have to make sure that you're seeking input directly from the customer, not in an inside-out filtered version of input. That would be input from your colleagues. Not input directly firsthand from your customer or client. So, a lot of organizations develop a voice of customer or voice of client program with some formalized activities such as surveys or interviews. Uh, so, you bring some structure to how you listen to customers and get feedback directly from them. So, if you're using peers and colleagues or other stakeholders to gather input from different groups of customers uh, for a voice of customer program, You want a bit of formalized structure so that everyone is asking the same questions of different sets of customers. And then when you get the inputs from those question asking sessions or surveys or however that's taking place, then you can begin to structure your input and put all your comments together because you'll have a common set of data that you can analyze in an organized manner. Once you understand what metrics are out there and the most common metrics being utilized, Identify a few things that are most important to your organization and then apply that lens to some of the common metrics and measurement activities that you're considering. You don't have to work with a metric that does not fit well within your organization. Um, Customer satisfaction is a broad field and can be used for many, many organizations. But if your mission as a nonprofit is not focused on customer satisfaction, maybe it's more focused on delivery of services, or breadth of exposure for a certain audience, then it's fine to use another metric instead. But do keep in mind that customer satisfaction is one of the most common metrics. So if you're not gonna use it, uh, be prepared to have the conversation with key leaders about why it's not necessarily applicable to your organization or an ideal metric in your situation. Customer loyalty is also a really common and interesting measure uh, it's measuring the propensity of whether or not someone is going to return to you as a customer. It's a measurement that requires some judgment on what's applicable to your organization and your mission and what it is that you're doing. There are many measurements of loyalty. It, but you know if you will, if you want to form a relationship with whomever it is that you're working to serve, instead of loyalty, you might want to measure retention. Um, If you have a solution where people come to you online or they need to do something to make use of your services, you might want to measure ease of use. So once again, while there are common concepts of things to measure, such as loyalty or satisfaction, you need to make some judgment calls on what makes the most sense to measure in your environment. Um, Are you trying to form a relationship and have customers come back? Many organizations are, but not necessarily all organizations. A business or organization not based on forming a relationship with an individual to keep them returning should not get stuck on customer loyalty as an important defined metric. Uh, This really is a judgment exercise and each organization will have different types of measures and metrics that they want to use. And whoever's working on the customer experience initiative should have a real leadership voice in determining what are the most appropriate metrics Now when measuring loyalty, if that does apply to the work that you're doing, one very common metric is called Net Promoter Score or NPS. You've probably encountered one manifestation of NPS whether you've heard of it or not. Um, When you see the question after buying something online or on a receipt after you've made a purchase, if you see one question asking, how likely is it that you would recommend us to a friend or a colleague or a, a question like that? Uh, Whether or not you would recommend something is the one-question methodology for net promoter score. The answer to that question then is typically scored on a scale from 0 to 10. Promoters in the net promoter score system are people who score a 9 or a 10. They will go out and tell their friends or family about how great your product or service is. They'll recommend it. They will be advocates for your brand. Uh, They'll tell people that, other people that they should buy it or go to this place or whatever it is that's going on. People who respond as a 7 or 8 on that scale are considered passive. They are not working against your brand, but they're not necessarily working to advocate and promote on your behalf. They're not detracting, uh, but they're not helping either. And then anyone who is Below a seven is considered a detractor. They're working against your brand. And so companies that take NPS very seriously, they really work to get to a nine or 10 on that rating scale. NPS is great for some organizations, but other teams find NPS quite frustrating. And this is a great uh, example of uh, all metrics are not one size fits all. You need to determine if this works for you. The companies that rely on NPS to measure customer loyalty And there are companies that are truly zealous about it. They take it very seriously and measure across all the different places where they interact with customers, including service and sales and online interactions. First, they measure a baseline, and then they look at how to deploy resources based upon the NPS scores that are coming back in. So where they have the most work to do, where they have the lowest score, that's where they marshal resources moving forward. Uh, The companies that take this most seriously then set plans for their future success based upon how they're going to improve NPS. Once again, critics of NPS point out that it's rather rigid and that it doesn't really measure the entire experience of the customer with just that one question. And I think that's also fair to consider, especially in nonprofit or social impact environments. Some companies take NPS as doctrine, other organizations take NPS as just one input among many and they fold into a mix if they find that it's one of the measures that they want to adopt. And so while NPS is interesting and it's an interesting way to measure loyalty uh, it, and it may not be best for your organization, what's good to consider then is what will be a fit for your organization and increasingly companies are beginning to explore emotion. Emotion is actually the real reason why people do or don't come back to whatever it is that you're offering. Whatever the product is or the service is, the emotions that are tied to that experience will drive whether or not somebody comes back or somebody is successful in engaging with your solution or offering. And that's a really interesting concept for a lot of nonprofits. And for profits working in the social impact sector, because many times there's a lot of emotion involved in whatever the the solution is focused on. So, while you don't have to measure the lifetime profit or margin necessarily of a customer always in a nonprofit environment, measuring emotion is certainly something that may be very applicable. You know. Not every experience that you're offering or problem that you're working to address, especially in a nonprofit or social impact environment, may be a positive experience. It may actually be a rather negative or challenging experience. So you can measure whether someone succeeds through a challenging situation, perhaps a college application process for someone who's first generation and no one in their family has ever filled out a college application before. Or maybe it's someone recovering from a medical procedure uh, to get to a ha- healthier or happier life. You know, a really challenging situation that could have a lot of negative emotions to it is very interesting because when you measure emotion, it doesn't always have to be positive. This is actually a fairly complex area to understand. Uh, you know, there's likely negative emotions associated with a challenging uh a challenging task, such as submitting a college application when there's no one around to help you. Um, but there's a strong likelihood that your target audience uh, may not reach the submission stage if they're too frustrated, but if you're able to do something that might help them, and maybe you don't make it entirely an enjoyable experience, but you do something that makes it better. You're now still measuring emotions which still might be overall negative but you've done something to help and you can begin to measure how your solution or your offering or whatever it is that you're doing is actually somewhat of a positive experience even though the the experience overall may carry negative emotions or connotations. So it's a really interesting area to explore. Um, Emotion is one of the most important metrics uh, and I think there will be a lot more on this as we move forward. And so while it's not. There are not as many standardized metrics in the field of emotion as there are uh, something as standardized as NPS in measuring loyalty. But there are some some key areas where you can begin to understand what's going on from a, an emotion perspective. Remembered experience is one of these. It's really important. It's a it's an element of measuring emotion. Uh, where people have a very positive remembered experience, they'll return and they'll tell. Other people, positive things. So, even though someone may find that college application process daunting because they're in it alone and they've, or at least they feel that way, and no one's ever done this in their family before, if you help them by f- helping them figure out how to get through that process, the process still may be considered pretty tough by them, but you've created a positive, remembered experience because you somehow help them figure something out that they previously didn't know how to do so uh, and you know likewise if somebody has a negative remembered experience that's an interesting piece of data to have because a lot of organizations then uh, who are measuring emotions they'll look for where the most negative emotions are and then they'll zero in on that and that's their place to begin working that's where they'll begin to marshal resources in order to begin to help or to hopefully make an experience better so that in the future people will have a remembered experience around the the fact that, that whatever it is that you're doing for that person, you're able to help them a little bit more and you're able to make a tough experience a little more enjoyable than it would be otherwise. So that was both a preview of the chapter on measurement in my book Mission is the Journey, which is due out in summer 2018 uh and that was some other information about measurement and some of the standard measurements available out there as well too and how you might view them in a nonprofit or social impact environment but one last point I'd like to make and I know that I mentioned this in that vlog social impact cx tip 8 especially in the nonprofit world and in social impact work don't be afraid to make up your own metric or measurement if needed making up your own measurement is perfectly fair What's most important is that you measure whatever matters the most to your work in your organization. There are many standardized measurements commonly used in CX work, but if you work in a nonprofit or social impact environment and you don't even use the word customer, it just might be the case that you need to craft a custom measurement that provides a better insight into whether or not you're successfully helping people or achieving your mission. If you make up your own measurement, just be sure to be disciplined about it by measuring in regular frequency and reporting out at regular intervals just like you would with other metrics. You don't have to ignore some of the more standard approaches out there to measurement that are available today, but you also don't have to be constrained by them. Once again, I think it's especially true that in a nonprofit, or social impact environment, you might end up with your own customized measurement. It might be a little softer than some other measurements that are used in other industries, and that's perfectly fine. I think if you're able to express to your leadership, your funders, your backers, your sponsors, whomever it is that you're, you're reporting out to in terms of whether or not you're making progress, if you're able to express to them uh, forward progress or or ups or downs, whatever it is, in a key area related to your mission, that will be a very valuable experience and worthwhile. And as I've said before, Social Impact CX is also intended to become an interactive forum here at this podcast, uh, a place to stir conversation, answer questions, provide some context and definitions, hopefully achieve a better understanding of CX work overall. So what questions do you have about customer research or defining and clarifying some of these key areas, such as measurement work or other elements in this world of customer experience work. You can ask a question at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at S-O-C-I-A-L-I-M-P-A-C-T-C-X.com. And you can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is at Social Impact CX, or you can find me at JF Corrigan. Uh, if you're so inclined, please use the hashtag SOCIMPCX. And please follow us on Twitter then to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. Or if you're listening to this podcast via YouTube, feel free to post a question in the comments section, and we'll do our best to catch you there. While at YouTube also, please subscribe to the Social Impact CX channel. Don't forget to do that. And there's a website in development that should be live soon that will help you access all of these resources and others. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.